I don't know if you like comic book characters or superheroes. Um, I do. And one of my favorites is Spider-Man. And part of why I like Spider-Man is the beginning of the story of how he comes to have his superpowers. He is um, not just another kid. He's actually a pretty wimpy kid that's picked on by everybody. And he's pretty powerless. And then he gets bit, bitten by this rare spider. And without him ever knowing it, he takes on the powers of that spider amplified. And there's a lot more to it than that. But he gains all of these superpowers, but he doesn't even know he has them. And there's some pretty funny scenes in uh, some of the movies where um, things start sticking to his hand and he can't get it off and he suddenly can climb walls and shoot spider webs and all kinds of things. And he goes from being this wimp that everybody picks on to this superhero. And in the beginning, he doesn't even know he has these superpowers, but he has them once the spider has bitten him. Well, I put that picture up there because I want us to talk about today how we might have a superpower. You might. And like Spider-Man, you might not even be aware you have it, but that doesn't mean you don't have it. Uh, we have been talking about now for a couple weeks uh, uh, this sermon series called Unshakable. And what it's about is the fact that God has made promises to us. And those promises can form a foundation in our life, so our life is unshakable. And today we want to look at another promise of God that he has made to you. I want you to please make this very personal uh, for you this today. Uh, James, in the second half of verse 16, James 5.16 says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's God's promise. And if you're one of his children, if you're one of his people, that promise is made to you. That you can have that power of prayer. And that your, your prayers can be powerful. In the sense that God will listen to your prayers. Your, your prayers give you access to God's power. You can have an influence over God's actions. Your prayers are effective. Things can happen. Big things, unexpected things, miraculous things can happen through your prayers. That's what James says. That's what God offers. James then, as he's giving this in chapter 5, he goes on to say, and let me show you just how powerful prayer is. And in the next two verses, he uses the story of Elijah and the drought. Let me read 17 and 18, and then we'll talk about this story for a minute. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And then after that, again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Elijah is an illustration of just how powerful prayer can be. And that's what James wants us to see. The story is in 1 Kings 17. At this point, Israel was being ruled by King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. And their names have become synonymous with evil, corrupt leaders. And without a doubt, Ahab was probably the lowest point of Israel and the worst king Israel ever had. Um, 
Ahab and Jezebel were f devoted followers of Baal. That was a foreign god, uh, an idol. And Baal was the, a fertility god. And the importance for this story is that meant that Baal was the one who gave you crops. He gave you herds, calves, and all that. But especially for crops, what did you need for crops? You needed rain. So if you needed rain in their day, you went to Baal and you prayed to Baal. I don't think it's by accident then that what Elijah prays for is no rain. And he is setting up, in a sense, a very public power struggle to see who's really in control. Because I'm sure a lot of the people went to Baal repeatedly say, Hey, Baal, we need rain. You're the God of rain. Send us rain and nothing for three and a half years. And they knew that Elijah had prayed to Jehovah. And for three and a half years, it becomes obvious who's really in charge, who's really God. And then Elijah prays again after three and a half years, and then Jehovah opens the heavens and the rain starts. But James's point is Elijah accomplished all of that through prayer. That prayer, in effect, that prayer is powerful and effective. And God says, we have that right too. We have that superpower. Well, the question then becomes, are we using that superpower? I mean, Spider-Man wouldn't have been much of a story if he developed all these superpowers and then he never used them. He tries to hide them a little bit, but he starts using them. And we would all say, why not? That would be crazy to have these superpowers and not use them. But are we using our superpower? Will you take a little stock of your own life? I'm not going to ask you to tell this to anyone, but just think in your own head. I, I did a little calculation, and one day, 24 hours, has 1,440 minutes. Yesterday, out of those 1,440 minutes, how much time did you use your superpower? How many minutes were in prayer? One week has 10,000 and 80 minutes. If you look back at your last week, how many of those 10,000 minutes were you using your superpower of prayer? Unfortunately for a lot of us, I think we would say we're not using our superpower very much. And we look at our, our prayers and we would say, prayer, I don't think it's that big a deal. Powerful and effective, a superpower... I think a lot of us would say prayer for us is just going through the motions. Maybe we have some memorized prayers that we repeat and mean them. But is it really this superpower? So to me, the question then becomes, why are we not using this superpower? If God has promised this to us, if, if that is available to us, why not use it? Well, I think sometimes, maybe like Spider-Man, we don't really understand the superpower we have. We've gotten it. It's available to us, but we don't understand it. Maybe it's we don't believe that this promise is real, that me, you, me, I could really pray and have that kind of impact. You could have that impact. And that's hard to believe. I understand that. But one of the things I wanted to note today is this isn't just one verse of Scripture. 
the power of prayer is promised to us in multiple places, even by Jesus himself. I want to turn over to John 15, where this is what Jesus says, promises to us. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Ask, and it will be done. God wants to answer your prayers. He wants people to see his glory. Like with Elijah, God delights in saying, watch what I can do. No rain. And then three and a half years later, God comes back and says, now watch what I can do. And it rains. And Jesus says, God delights in showing us humans just how powerful he is. Unfortunately, I think a lot of us have concluded that we don't have that superpower. That our prayers are not powerful and effective. And as a result, we don't use them. We don't use that superpower. I think a lot of the problem may be that we have the wrong uh, picture of prayer. And I think how we see prayer definitely affects how much we pray and, and how we pray. And if for us, if we've been raised in a certain way and prayer is just reciting some prayers or saying a certain prayer at mealtime or at bedtime, and if that's what prayer is for us, we have one picture of it. And that'll affect what we see. I think for a lot of people, if we move a step beyond that, this is how I think a lot of us see prayer. We're really doing cartoons today. This is Aladdin and the lamp and the genie. And you know the story, of course, the genie is in the lamp, but he's incredibly powerful. He can grant any wish, but you have to rub the lamp, you have to have the lamp, you have to rub the lamp, and then the genie comes out and he grants your wish. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people, that, that describes their prayer life. We may believe that God has this power to do all kinds of things, but we have to pray in some way to get him to come out of the lamp and grant our wish, whatever we're praying for. And so prayer becomes that process of figuring out, how do I rub that lamp so that the genie will come out so God will give me what I'm asking for? And, and we rub the lamp, we pray, and God doesn't give us that wish. And we determine that, well, prayer doesn't work. Don't waste your time. Or that phrase from James, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So then we say, well, maybe I'm not righteous enough. I'm still thinking lamp and genie, but I figure out what do I need to do that's righteous? What can I do to earn God's good favor so when I rub the lamp, he'll come out and give me what I want? But during that whole process, it is a tug of will between me and God. Will God do what I want him to do? And prayer is somehow trying to get God to do what I want him to do. I'd like to give you a different picture of prayer today. Because I think we're barking up the wrong tree when we try and see prayer as a tug of will with God. 
And I think prayer is so much more than that. I'd like to talk about a football, football huddle. It's the right season. I mean, we could talk about a basketball um, timeout or whatever, but it's football. I tried to get a picture that was sort of innocuous, and it wasn't a certain color or a certain team. Um, but I want you to picture your ideal huddle. This is you. You're coming into the huddle. You're part of the team. But this is not just an ordinary huddle. You get to make up your own huddle in the sense of who's in it. And I want you to pick the best coach. You can pick any coach, any time in history, and he's your coach. You pick. And you get to pick your quarterback. Whoever you want, that's your quarterback. Any point in history. I almost didn't use this illustration because the more I thought about that huddle, for me, everybody in that huddle was from Green Bay. And it was just painful. It was just painful. Because my coach that I would pick, I'm old enough, my coach would be Vince Lombardi. Who I would say is perhaps the greatest football coach who ever lived. And unfortunately, I would pick one of those darn Green Bay quarterbacks that just can't lose. You know, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, we Vikings think we're ahead. I mean, we got 20 points on them. It's the fourth quarter. We lose. Because they come from behind, make the completions, and they win. And I hate it when I'm a Vikings fan, but if I'm going to play the game, who do I want with me? That kind of quarterback. And I want that kind of coach. Now, what if prayer is that kind of huddle? In other words, you are in that game of your life, but in that life, you're not alone. God is in that game. And he delights in showing what he can do. Jesus told us that. And Jesus is in that game. And he is by far and away the best quarterback of all time. Beyond any quarterback you put in your huddle is Jesus. And prayer is this time for you to huddle up with them. Now, Let's go back to our football huddle. In a football huddle, it would be very appropriate for you to say, hey, I think, I, I think I'm open over here. This guy is not is staying with me. I think I can catch the ball. But you know, at that point in a huddle, we would probably shut up and listen to what the quarterback has to say and the coach has to say because they are so great. We want to hear from them. Just as they said, what do you think? What, what are you seeing? Okay. But then at that point, they may say, you know what? We are going to go to you. Or they may say, you know what? This play, we need you to go over there and be a decoy because we're going to go on this side and we're going to score. And we probably walk out and say, okay, I'm there. I am your decoy. And if we really believe in that coach and we really believe in that quarterback, there are sometimes they may even say, in this play, I need you to sit on the bench. And because we trust them, we say, okay, you need that guy in in place of me? You got it. Go for it. I'm just, I want to win. I want us to score. You see, that's what God wants to do with us. 
I want you to have a bigger view of this superpower called prayer. Because prayer is more than just us asking and us getting God to do our what we want. Prayer is a time for us to talk things over with God. To really talk over what we're going through in life. Not just repeating some memorized words, but to say, God, do you see what's going on over here? I, I'm struggling over here. I don't know what to do. And God already knows what's going on, so there's no need to cover up or hide or, or anything. We can be totally honest with God. If we're upset, if we're afraid, whatever, prayer is our time to talk with God and let him know where we're coming from and maybe what we would like. Can we do this, God? But it's also a time to listen to God, to listen to Jesus. It's not just about, I want, I want, want. It's also listening. Notice what Jesus said at the beginning of his promise in John. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you want. If we're working with Jesus, if we're listening to him, and we're trying to learn from him, he's all for us. And he said, when we're working like that, ask what you want, I'm going to be there. But you see, it's that listening piece as well, realizing that God may have other things in mind. He may have a better play. And that we need to be open to that and see things from his perspective. When we do that, then we are able to access God's help and God's power. And he says he delights to help us. When he knows we're working with him, we're on the same team, we're talking to him, but we're also listening to him, we're open to his other ideas. It may not be what we ask for first, but when he shows us what he's doing, it's like, whoa, way better play. I'm glad you called that. You are an amazing coach. I want to do what you said. When we do that, and we listen to God, and we're open to God, and we're open to his other plan, we are going to see ourselves winning more. We are going to see the power of prayer, that it is powerful and effective. One of the things we read about Jesus is how much he prayed. Several times we read of Jesus going up early on the mountain to pray. Uh, Luke tells us he went out all night and prayed all night. A pattern of Jesus' life was regular prayer. And I don't think it was just to go tell God what he wanted. He needed time with God to talk over what he was experiencing on this earth, the challenges he was facing, just like we are. And even Jesus needed to get away so he had some time to huddle up with God and talk about what he was facing and talk about what they're going to do together. And that's the very thing that James says God wants to do with us. And that kind of time with God is powerful and effective. It changes our life and our circumstance. It changes us. And we are much closer in step with God. And we're working with Him. It's no tug of war. 
you really think about that, if we make prayer a tug-of-war, who's going to win? Tug-of-war with God? I'm betting on God. It is a no-win picture of prayer. But if prayer is a time for us to sit and talk with God and talk over what's coming and what's happening and what we're going to do or not do, the more we do that, we will come to see just how powerful prayer is. So what about you? How have you been viewing prayer? How you view it will affect how powerful you think it is. It's so much more than some words to memorize. It's so much more than a tug of war. It's your time to sit down with God and talk about your life and what He's doing and agree together of what's going to be the game plan for today. If you'll do that with Him, I promise you, you will see the power and effectiveness that God promises you when you pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for prayer. And not just that we can talk to you, but that you want to meet with us. You, you want to hear what our perspective is, what our wishes are. But you also want to talk over life with us and help us see things from your perspective and see the plans you might have that are often so much better than ours. Father, help us see the true power and effectiveness of prayer when we spend time talking with you. Thank you for this superpower you offer us in Jesus. In his name, amen.